Welcome to the Elevate Your Event podcast, where we talk about how to plan and execute an unforgettable event that will dazzle your guests and generate more income for your organization. From fundraising and securing trendy auction items to event production and logistics, get the best tips and advice from seasoned fundraising and event professionals who have been in your shoes. Well, welcome back to Elevate Your Event, where we talk about ways that we can make fundraising events better. And I think today- and more fun. Way more fun, <laughs> or maybe less stressful. Nice. So um, we've got uh, Elise, we got Lori back here with us. I'm Jeff Porter, and this is- Lori. And Elise. Awesome. <laughs> We're thrilled to have you with us today. We are going to talk about how these events should end. Um, in other episodes, we've definitely talked about how these events should start or kind of things that happen on the buildup to the actual event. But now let's talk about how we get the guests out the door with a smile on their face, which is called checkout for most people. <laughs> checkout. Okay. And it's so funny. Like, we'll walk into a lot of events and everybody, like, you know, you haven't even started with, like, guest registration or anything. And then the event manager comes up to you and she's like, can we talk about checkout? I'm like, really? It's 4 o'clock. That's going to happen in five hours. How about we talk about check-in? <laughs> but, no, it's good to, to talk about check-out. Actually, yes. it's probably good to talk about check-out and how you want to do it way before you even get to that point. Have a plan. Have, Have a, a plan. Strategy. And there's some, there's some best practices, right? And we were talking about that, you know, and one of the ones that came up recently, you know, because we get this question a lot on the service team is, well, how should I number my items? Right. And it's so funny thing is, is like if you go to a lot of auctions, they number the items, you know, like, oh, we're going to make the, you know, European travels, the 100s and food and wine is the 200s. And, you know, you can certainly do that. I I suppose you could organize your items by category, but um, that's what categories are for. You know, you can organize (laughs) your items by category. So you don't really need the, the item codes or numbers to do that, but they can become a handy checkout method. So one of the things that I've learned, and, you know, my wife and, and her sister were way more involved in auctions uh, well before I was ever involved in auctions. Um, but one of the things they did, which I thought was a really unique and kind of a cool idea, was that they would use the item codes not to determine the category of an item, but to determine where that item would be at checkout. Mm. And so I was like, because one day I was sitting there, I was talking to them. I'm like, okay, so I don't understand. Like, what are these 100s? And they're like, they're certificates. Oh, yeah. And then, and I said, okay, so finally, this is what they did. And I actually think this is a pretty cool idea. So they would make all the 100 certificates, 101, 102, 103. And those would go into a bin, numerical order. The 200s for them were all physical items. Which So when I saw item 214, I knew I, it was something I had to go get and bring back to the table. And then what they would do with the 300s is usually – that's some sort some sort of combo, right? So it's a certificate with a physical item. And so a lot of times what they would also do is on the – so there was a certificate um, that would say on there, like, hey, this – also, there's a physical item with this, right? Like, don't forget yes. it. Like, hey, there's, a, you know, a coffee basket or something like that along with the Starbucks gift cards or whatever. And then from there, it just kind of – it would kind of vary. So a lot of times 400s might be things that um, – Maybe those are the consignment items. Um, even though they still have a certificate, they wanted to keep them separate. Or in some cases, they would number the items that could not be shipped. And so these had to be picked up 
or they had to be delivered or something. And, and a lot of times that would be like a gas grill, you know, or, I mean, there was a snowblower in one auction we were in. And so they numbered that kind of stuff in the 400s. But A golf cart. Golf cart. A you should drive home. <laughs> drive home in your golf cart. So anyway, so that was something that I, that I always thought, hey, that's a plan ahead type of thing. Because you can't, you can always change your item codes. And most of the time your software won't care. And if you haven't printed out your display sheets that you're going to put out of the tables anyway, you could probably make some last minute adjustments. But, but before we kind of dive into the whole checkout process and the training, is there anything else that you've Where you're doing your checkout. Where? Okay. Where are you going to do it? I love it when you can have a room that is separate for silent auction items, and then you can set tables in front of the doorway of that room, and you don't have to move the items. You mean so not on the other side of the band that's playing for the after party? Yeah, no. No. Yeah, I've, I've been there. Yeah. You Where mean, you're screaming at the guests <laughs> for their last name. You mean because runners aren't supposed to run <laughs> to the event or to the items? We worked <laughs> an event. Jeff and I worked an event together where the items were on three different floors. And we did check out and we had to run you know, Lori, upstairs. I, I got that out of my memory <laughs> through several sessions of therapy. And you've just brought it back. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, you had to run up the stairs, and then, you know, some of the volunteers were... They were inebriated and, <laughs> inebriated. and not helpful. <laughs> not helpful, to the point where we were like, it's okay, we'll just go do it ourselves. Yes. You, you stay there. And, you know, that is talking about Apple Watches and, and making sure that we hit all and close all of our rings. Um, I definitely closed it twice that night. Oh, easily. <laughs> Easily. Yes. It was a good workout. Yeah, well, Apple shamed me the next day when they're like, hey, at this stage of the day, you were way further along than you are today. I'm like, yeah, I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> I climbed about 500,000 steps that night uh, to collect items. The best part was is we had no idea what floor they were on. Oh, that was, yeah, that was completely confusing as well. That was not, I think they did their silent auction by code. Um, and then you, we didn't know which items were which, and so you had to run all over the place. It was, it was yes. a funny event. So in, in that regard, if you're going to have items distributed everywhere, item codes, but maybe also you can think about a, a kind of a subcode. I wouldn't call it a subcode, but like a different way of saying this is on floor two, and then this mm -hmm. one's on floor three, and this one's on floor four. Um, it, it's just this, the building we were in was really neat, but it definitely did not have, I mean, their silent auction was throughout the entire thing. So it would have been nice to say, this is, you know, you know, B-200 versus C-201 or mm -hmm. whatever. That would have been a great very idea. complicated. Well, and, and, and <laughs> look, I know there's some auction software that they just start numbering at 100 and go up. Uh, but there's other auction software that will allow you to be a little bit more creative. creative with how you can do that. And I've seen some really cool other ways to do that. So if you don't like the 100s, 200s, 300s, I've seen C101 mm -hmm. for certificate. You know, I've seen other types of codes that you can put inside of that item code that tell you specifically where it's at. Art. I've seen that. Yeah. Art. Gift yeah. card. For words, you could do mm -hmm. CERT, C-E-R-T, yep. 100, 101. Yeah. So let's just make sure yes. that we, we all agree on something. Your bidders don't care what the item codes are. Truth. Okay. Now, don't make them super long because if they are searching by item code, they may not, you know, like that. But B-101 is fine, yes. right? Or C, you know, C-200, that'll work. You know? Or to that point, when you're asking a runner to go get an item and you say, Go get me item number 101, please, rather than go get me item number 439261XJ. <laughs> Remember that one. Yeah. 
after a night Some of drinking wine. Some kind of organization is key. Yes. And you definitely have free reign to set up however you want, but you do want to organize somehow. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So that's our pre. Yeah. Like, like, so we've we've got the items organized. We've got them numbered in a way that's going to help us at checkout because we're super awesome plan ahead types of people. Okay. We're on top of our game because that's what makes checkout a lot <laughs> smoother. Okay. So then let's talk about kind of the nest. That you 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 kind of alluded to it too, right? I mean, where you're going to do it. Yeah. Um, and so when you're having a physical event. Where have you seen the best place to do it? And, and I, I get it's venue kind of specific, but where have you seen it's absolutely not the best place to do it besides next to the after party band, which I experienced <laughs> 11 months ago? I so. like the room. In fact, our high school did their auction Friday night and they have, we have a silent auction room and we filter everyone through the room when they enter. That's how we do check in. And then when they exit, we actually block off the room put the tables right in front. We have our runners run around the room and um, you know, no one else has access to those items. Nobody can take the incorrect item because that's a big one. And um, everything is in a compact area. So yeah, those are the best, best checkouts for sure. When you don't have to redesign everything and the guests can walk to where they've already been accustomed Mm -hmm. to going. Like you don't have to tell them to go to a different location at your venue, you're going to the same location that you went to to look at the items. Makes it really, really nice. You set a table up front, then everybody's familiar too with where the items are. That is the best. The worst checkouts, (laughs) I'm trying to think. I think some of the worst ones is when you're trying to check people out and the items are not anywhere near you. Like, and so you have no control. Yeah. or, Or you don't even have runners. It's go check out over here. And then people are just grabbing items. I had a big event that I worked where they didn't move the items. It was in a big open hallway and they wanted you to check out at this like back area first. People weren't doing that. They were just going right to their item and like leaving. Yeah. Well, think about, think about how traffic is going to flow. Right. And I've been to an event there. There's a hotel here in Colorado. That's it's an awesome hotel. But their auction, they every year because the ga- the ballroom is so small, they put the auction out in the hallway around the ballroom, and it's in like a horseshoe around this ballroom, and they put checkout out in the lobby, and so they want you to walk out to the lobby to your point, check out, and then come back in with these like vouchers to get your <laughs> items, right? Well, people figured out pretty quickly like this is a huge waste of my time. I already know what I won because. If you're using mobile bidding software, it's going to tell you what you won. Whereas if you're using paper bid sheets, you have no idea what you won. Mm-hmm. So this would not work for you, But um, which means you're going to be standing in line. So anyway, they would just say, this is what I want. I'm going to grab my three things. I'm going to walk out the door and pay for it. And you know what? I mean, people are honest. Yeah. I, I, we've been doing this a long time. I have not seen items stolen. I've seen people take the wrong thing yes, accidentally. I have seen that right. often. Right. Very but, often. But people aren't there to really steal items. And, and the other thing, yeah. if they do that, they're more likely to not like pick up their certificate and not know how to redeem things. Right. Um, they're probably missing key parts of the packages. So, so let's talk about an alternative then, because this has come up before. Are you an item mover? Or not an item mover? I don't love to move them. I think it's a lot of extra work, but I do think there's a time and a place for it. 
there I am not an item mover unless you're giving out like gift bags or something along with those items then you can kind of reorganize things, but you need time to do that. So that only works if maybe you have a nice big program or uh, one of the events I work, they have a fashion show. So they'll close their silent auction, they'll shut down their auction room, and then they will actually tear down the auction room and get it all set up for checkout with all their gift bags and all the cool things. And it's actually a really cool process because the guest walks in and it's like right away I'm 100 and they have all their items in one spot together that that person won so they have time to do that that'd be nice and I've been to some of those where I've seen like rows of tables behind Mm -hmm. the check-in area and they and they put all the 200s and then the 250s and 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 that's cool you know the runners love that Mm -hmm. for sure um but you know what to your point you have to have enough time and we we get this question a lot when should I close my silent auction you know well the you know, I would say if you were talking to a benefit auctioneer four or five years ago, they would have been adamant you close it before the live auction starts because they're used to paper bidding and they don't want people leaving the room to go bid on bid sheets. But I think most benefit auctioneers now are pretty comfortable with mobile bidding and people being on their phones and staying in the room. And so we're big proponents of you need to keep your silent auction open as long as possible. A, it drives yes. more revenue. But B, let's be honest, when the silent auction closes, some people want to leave. And you may not want them to leave. And we tell people that a lot. Hey, if you're going to run your program after, you know, after your silent auction closes, you're going to have a distracted audience. You're going to have some people who are like, great, I won my item. Yeah, let's go. Right? Yes, for sure. And so you got to be a little bit careful about that. But if you do have time to move items and you feel like, you know, you trust your volunteers enough to move some of this stuff, I mean, I've seen stuff break. So you got to be careful. Yes. Um, you know, and then I think it certainly can help with the where's all of our stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the and the closing the silent auction early really only works if you have a reason for people to stay. Yes. So yeah. that's worked out really well when you go through your whole program, you do your your big ask, you do your emotional video or your presentation. Then you close the auction. Then out comes Thomas Rhett. Thomas Rhett. That, that, I've seen or, that, and that works. And people stay, yeah. and it gives you time to organize the checkout. Yeah. Uh, to, to give them a great experience. And then they can dribble through checkout as well. Like if they have a concert, or again, we have. I have an event I'm going to this weekend that is a fashion show. So people are there for the fashion show, yeah. and so they'll close the silent auction, then do the fashion show. And people can come check out if they want, but hardly anybody does. And it's just this nice dribble as opposed to a... We just did that at our event. And, you know, we had a national act come in from Nashville. And so right when they're going on stage, we're closing the silent auction, getting things going, because we know people aren't going to leave right away. I mean, they're there for that purpose. Well, they're there to support the charity. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) But at the same time, shamelessly, we also know they're there for the concert. And it, so it helps. You have a little bit of time to organize things and kind of get things into gear. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I've seen, and, and to me this is over the top, so I, I, I could never pull this off. So I, I'm going to share with you what some people do because some people are just super woman and super men type of people. I'm not. Um, they will literally, like, print out a manifest, which, you know, a lot of the software will do for you. They'll print out a manifest or a set of invoices for everybody, and they've got their gift bags, and they are literally assembling everything you need for checkout, and it's ready for you when you walk out the door, and it's impressive. I love that. Yeah. And and along with that, I've seen people who are worried that 
people will come back their guests will come back and say oh i didn't get this or oh you didn't give me everything they have their guests sign the basically sign the receipt the printed out receipt and say yeah i got everything so if they come back and then they're of course very they make sure that the guests did receive everything but that's being super um, super organized yes i don't want anybody (laughs) who's watching this podcast to feel bad if you're not doing that i don't do it at my event i don't don't, do it either yeah don't worry about it it is pretty cool idea if you have the time to do it but it does allow you to kind of organize things a little bit but that it also involves a printer time yep um some sober volunteers which sounds awful but some events <laughs> they're hard to come by <laughs> they are they are so let's talk about volunteers for a second because right. they are pretty key to a, a good checkout in in a couple of areas obviously they're they're runners and so um that's that's really not a job where you have to do a lot of training um, you just yeah. kind of have to tell them how the items are organized and where to find them um, and then you can give them i mean i think your favorite I like sticky Post- notes. Sticky notes. Yeah. notes. Yep. I have a whole container of them in my note bag. cards. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Like if if you're the type of person just wants to hand somebody something, I've seen electronic dispatch systems that are pretty cool. Wow. Um, you know, with with some software, it's all on an iPad, so you can tell someone, "Hey, look up bitter two thirteen, check their invoice, and go get their stuff." You know, and so that works too if you have enough iPads to give to runners right. or give them the sticky note, okay. and if you've really got your organization down, you'd only have to write like 212, 215, yeah. whatever. That's it. And then have somebody at the one of your volunteers who just sits in front of the certificate box and pulls them uh-huh. out and hands them. You know? And it's so, always good to have one person yes, run gift cards. Yes. Because or certificates, yeah, because otherwise you have too many hands getting into a bin and yep. people are waiting, right, to try to, you know, get in there. If you have one person doing it, you just grab it super easy. Yeah. Super, super and have easy. enough runners. I think of some successful checkouts. Sober runners. Yes. <laughs> um, Moderately I, sober. I do an event with about a thousand <laughs> guests, and they have some really, really cool items. They have golf carts and, um, you know, snowboards, uh, paddle boards, uh, lots of big items as well. But they have very strong volunteers who can get the items and they just are super organized and that checkout is so fast that's That's good speaking of which one of the things we like to say in some of our coaching calls is one volunteer for every 10 items you have really helps push through checkout in a real organized way and it also ensures that the auction managers understand that you do need a team of people at checkout and let's not forget about leaving a really good experience for your guests a yeah. really good impression on the way out the door just as much as on the way in the door and we talked about that with our check-in right podcast well that's what that pushed did. us to to build handbid in the first place was the checkout the year before was such a disaster and what the what really caused most of it was the fact that there was a lot of human error in the recording of the winning so we are on paper bid sheets obviously because we haven't built handbid yet and so one of the things that um that happened was that we had a system built where you would type in an item code and a paddle number. And like everybody else, our item code started with a hundred and went up <laughs> and our paddle number started with a hundred oh, and went no. up. Oh. And some of the volunteers would swap those. And so instead of, I can imagine bitter 150 winning item 300, bitter 300 won item 150. 
right? And so there was <laughs> some of that going on. There was some like not calculating bid sheets correctly or, you know, maybe there was a back page to the bid sheet with more bids on it because we oh, ran no. out of space and they just looked at the bottom. And So anyway, there's a lot of those things that created a bit of chaos at checkout where you're trying to fumble around. And it wasn't even a runner issue. Like runners are standing around going, I don't know, what did Laurie win? We're like, we don't know yet. <laughs> Hang on, right? We got to recalculate everything by pulling bid sheets. And Laurie, what did you bid on? Can you help me with that? Oof. So. <laughs> Obviously, software takes the care of a lot of those things. Human error is at the top of the list of things that it can fix. But um, but it points out that the other side of this checkout experience is making sure that the invoices are right and people have paid them. Right. All right. So you got your runners, and, and, and ideally they're sober, and they're also capable of finding items and kind of doing that thing. And we'll talk about some of the forbidden items in a second. But um, – on the front end of that, you have to make sure that somebody is helping make sure that the invoices are correct by talking to the winning bidder and also making sure the payments are processed. Yes, it's huge. Yeah, and so what happens when the auction closes? Well, in the traditional paper days, it was even worse, but what tends to happen when the auction closes? They get an alert that they've won. They've won, and then they line up. Yeah, they begin <laughs> right? lining yeah. up. Now, that's gotten better over the years. But in the beginning, when your people were used to paper bid sheets, they all lined up because they had no idea what they won. So they wanted to see, and they knew that lines were going to be long, and they didn't want to wait in them. So they dragged their stuff back to their table for the after party or whatever. Um, today, they're like, oh, I won these items. I'll get them on checkout on my way out. You know, So that whole you know mass assembly doesn't always happen. But when that line happens, right, one of the things I love to do, I mean, I'm I'm certain with a lot of organizations, they're going to have a string of laptops out and they're going to have their credit card readers and they're going to be looking up your invoice and do you want to pay by cash or check or whatever. I love hitting the line and just looking on people's phones, uh-huh. right? Because it's like, hey, what, what'd you win there, right? Uh-huh. And you show them how to pull up their invoice and they look at it and the invoice says that it's not paid. And would you like to go ahead and pay that with the card you had on file? Yes. We'll hit the pay button. Hit the pay now. So you can literally go down the row and you can get people to check themselves out, process their oh, own payments. Oh, it saves so much time. And yep. if, you're, if your mobile bidding software allows for the bidder to cover your credit card fees by prompting them if they want to, they can take care of all that on their own. Yep. Right. Then when they show up at the checkout counter, they're – paid in full ready to get their stuff it takes about 30 seconds to get your stuff yeah i don't (laughs) i don't any longer if somebody's paying with a credit card and i'm using the software i like to use um we definitely always train the volunteers to check the app check the mobile device first if it's paying with a credit card and then we set up a separate station for any kind of solutions so anything that's above and beyond split tender uh splitting the item um, checks and cash. Checks and cash. Put those people off to the side. Not that they're secondhand citizens, but because <laughs> it just takes a little bit That's more attention. Right. Um, so I love it. And the other thing I love to do is send out messages to those people that have an invoice explaining that you only need to come to checkout if you have an item to pick out. Right. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're going to run your card. <laughs> yeah. And you can go enjoy the after party. Yep. Thank you for your donation. Yeah, there's no reason for everybody to stand around and wait for you to charge their credit card when they can just do it themselves. Right. Yeah. So very easy. No, I love it. And so look, I, I mentioned earlier this, this concept of forbidden items. This doesn't come up often, but depending on who is doing your running, you might have certain items you don't want them to handle. Okay. And so sometimes that can be just a really expensive item. 
that you want to make sure it's mm -hmm. properly either reboxed because it needs to be carefully packaged um, or something where you just feel like the, someone who works for the organization should probably handle it and not a volunteer. Uh, it could be a firearm. I've seen that. And certainly you don't want to send some 15-year-old up to grab a <laughs> firearm and bring it back. So those things, definitely you need to, to note where those are or how you want to have those handled. I've seen $10,000 piece of jewelry. Yes. Right? And that comes with a security guard who follows it everywhere. I've mm -hmm. seen that. So um, those types of things, you just have to make sure that you have a plan for that and how you're actually going to do it. In some cases, you don't even deliver it that night, right? So depending on the state you live in, especially if, you're, if you've sold a firearm at an auction, that might have to go back to a gun dealer. And somebody might have to go to a, a licensed firearm dealer to pick that up. Or alcohol. You don't yes. want a teenager you don't want a, you don't want a 12-year-old picking up alcohol at checkout. <laughs> right. <laughs> Probably You're not just the handing best. it to them. <laughs> Bye. Good luck to you. you yeah. <laughs> Especially if they know exactly what it is. You're like, how do you know that that was the right bottle of liquor? That's kind of scary if you're 12. But um, no, and then, and then the other thing is start to look at how much stuff people have and what is the plan if somebody has a lot of things. Getting that out gonna... to the car. Yeah. Or what about if people Uber or, you know, take? Well, so I did an event in New York once, and there was a lot of wine sold at this event. And everybody in New York takes public transportation. No one, I'm sure maybe somebody drove, but I'm telling you, they probably spent more on their parking space than the hotel room, right? So I would say that in most cases, they're Ubering there, taking a taxi mm -hmm. or even the subway perhaps. But um, in those cases, what is your plan for them? And so what I th what this organization did, which I thought was brilliant, was they had a delivery service. Oh, wow. And so what would happen is is you came to check out, you paid, and then they would say, well, do you want to take your items home tonight, or would you like them delivered to your w place of work? We're all, here's the boroughs we're delivering to, mm -hmm. and they had them mm -hmm. listed out. Oh, well, I live outside of the city, but you can deliver it to my work, and then I can, t I can take care of it from there, and I want to take care of it tonight because maybe they commute to work a different right. way. And so they charge a fee for that. Mm-hmm. And then they just had a courier service pick up all the items that night. That's amazing. With a manifest of where they went. And yeah, I thought it was a cool idea. That's I really love cool. That I idea. haven't yeah. heard of that one. Well, the other thing is, um, I would say for some of those folks that have too much, like, you know, in terms of how do you get it to their car, you do need to have a plan for that. And you need to have some people that are able to carry things, right? I was yes. telling you earlier, I, I did carry a case of wine up a flight of stairs for a pregnant lady who kept telling me the entire time, don't judge me, just put it in the car. <laughs> but, I mean, she was not going to carry it. Right. You know, and so um, I've been to other events where it's not even that the things are heavy. It's just that, I mean, some guy won, like, nine things. That was at the same event where we were climbing 1,500 flights oh, of steps. Boy. I mean, I think we took three trips down to the sidewalk while he went and got his SUV to kind of load all of his gear. So you've got to have a, you know, it can be dollies, it can be carts, you know, whatever it might be that are going to help you be able to kind of move this stuff around. But And what about those people that aren't at the event? You know, if you're using mobile bidding software, they're going to, you're going to have people hopefully all over the country bidding on your items and they might not be there. So those people that are not there, if you've got some software that tells you, hey, are you on site? Are you here? You know, otherwise you can put those items to the side and you're not going, right. where is Bob Smith? Why right. is Bob Smith still, what is he doing? Pull well, up he's all not your invoices. There. He's not even Filter there. by who's on site. Right. 
and say, these are the people I got to wor- worry about tonight. Everybody right. else is kind of taken off. And then yep. the ability to add shipping on, same as that courier service. Like, yeah. You can do that in a software or you can ha- just have a plan for it. Yeah, for sure. I know after COVID, there was quite an influx of people not even having items on site. Like I worked quite a few events where they didn't even have items on site. They might have a couple of things and some display sheets and QR codes, all of that stuff, but no items. And then they, it was a lot of the schools did it. And why not? Because you can have a checkout at school. Yeah. Yeah, you could. I don't know. I I, I don't love that idea. I mean, maybe during COVID it would make sense, but yeah. We did an event years and years ago, and they decided, hey, you know what? It's going to be way easier if we don't bring any items on site. Well, okay, so there were two issues I had with that. So the first one was there's just display sheets everywhere. And, mm-hmm. like, come on, auctions is a little bit about being, like, building a retail store, right? So you kind of have to sell this stuff, which means you, you, you have to take the gas grill out of the box and put it together, unfortunately. But, yeah, you, you know, people walk around. They're shoppers, right? They want to see the stuff. They want to touch it, feel it. Oh, that's really cool. And so when it's just a display sheet saying this is a, you know, Traeger, you know, Ironwood 850 grill, I mean, that's kind of cool, but I'd like to lift the hood and touch it, right? Um, All that kind of stuff. So that was one thing, right? And then now you got to deliver all this stuff. Right. And so the funny – so Monday, this guy emails into service team, and he's like, so how do I get all these items to all the people that won them? And of course, you know, we, <laughs> I don't we, know. We, How we, do you? I, well, you know, it's running through my head. How about you bring them to your event next time? <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I but, like to see the items. If you have put together baskets, right. they're fun. I mean, there's always little odds and ends in there, and you're going to miss out if you just have you the do. display sheets. And, or I like have a, clothing. Yeah. Right. Or because you need to see. Mannequin. You know. Put it on a mannequin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I Hey, it works. And you know what's interesting is, you know, sometimes like I've, Somewhere in, in like, I don't know, our, our archive of like ebooks and marketing stuff, there is a picture that literally shows a hundred display sheets in plexiglass frames, all just stacked in rows like tombstones in a cemetery. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's the ugliest auction. That doesn't sound fun. No. And it's like, I mean, checkout was just weird because the only thing they had to give out were certificates. Mm. Everything else they had to they had to ship to you. Like at that point, why bother building up an auction like on site? Like commit to the fact that it's only going to be online. Yeah, and go that route mm-hmm. and don't do the display sheets and all that stuff at that point. And but, it did work during COVID. It worked for sure. But part of the in person events is the fun. It's yeah. fun to see the items, get excited, and oh, yeah. get in bidding wars. Well, and, and and I get it. Sometimes you're thinking, well, how am I going to get this stuff reboxed up? But it's really not that bad. And I was at an event in Atlanta, and there are rabid football people down there. And so they had two tailgating packages. They had a Georgia Tech one, and then they had the Georgia Bulldogs one. And they put all the chairs in, like, boxes and whatnot. And so I got there. I'm like, we're popping this tent. We're putting the chairs out. We're putting the pom-poms out. And we built, like, <laughs> Two like rival like things it's like well, how are we gonna box all this up? I said we're just gonna box it up. Literally the reverse of how we unbox yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so I get it. I mean it's a little bit tough to think about like yes that you've got to kind of reassemble or kind of package this stuff up, but just have a plan for that. Have some extra boxes. Uh, the, like we said earlier, the gift bags are awesome. Mm-hmm. 
And they're cheap. I mean, for our event, I was sitting there talking to my wife one day, and I was like, you know, I've been to enough handbit events now. I think we should do this gift bag thing. And we literally went down to a local place here, and they were, they were cheap, uh, like a buck a piece. The guests love it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's they nice. Love it. It we makes put it our easy. sticker on the outside, so we bought red ones because that's our brand. We put a sticker on the outside, and it was like, hey, here you go. They, yeah, it's like walking out of Nordstrom's. Yeah. Well, yeah. and also, if you're gonna re-gift any of your things that you've won. They're already Who ready to go. Gifts, Elise, come on. <laughs> hey, some I do. do all their <laughs> do shopping of, at the auction. I do a lot of shopping at yeah. auctions. Yeah. A lot. Put a little tissue paper in and you've got a gift. <laughs> but all in all, with Check Out, the most important thing is consider your guest experience. How can it be the best for your guest? Just finish it, the event, as good as you started the event. I agree. And so that's having the plan. So let's just kind of quickly summarize. So we talked about how you number your items and how that can be a huge benefit for you at checkout. Uh, making sure that you have capable and sober volunteers. <laughs> making sure that you have a plan for how you're going to help people pay and kind of organize where you put your checkout where, area. Where your items are. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and again, I, I do love your idea of, of keeping it in a similar place. So if I, if I walked in this door to get to the event, maybe I should, when I walk out, see the same thing. So that's a great spot to do it. You know, and then... If there's, you know, any other, you know, challenges, you know, I think think about how you're going to tackle those challenges up front. And that can be logistics of how people might get their items home or whatnot. But, uh, no, it's been fun uh, talking to you guys about this. I think yeah. there's been a lot of really good uh, advice that's come out of this. And, and I think, you know, in the future, I mean, I'm sure we'll have uh, more advice that we're going to be able to <laughs> offer as we do more of these events and come up with more stories. And it's fun. Yeah. It's yeah. fun to think of the really good events and then maybe <laughs> the ones that need they're just a little Need more challenging. A little help. <laughs> yes, exactly. Four stories of, of yes. items. Yes. Hey, you got your exercise. <laughs> hey, you stand on the shoulders of giants, which means that you have to learn from um, other people, especially on the good side, but also on the bad side about how things work. So hopefully you found this uh, episode helpful.